What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. The sports podcast for the 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 novice to above average, you know, sports fan. But we do it a little different the way we break it down. I'm here with my guys, Stat Matt Robinson and Jake Galley, coming back from missing a day or missing uh, a pod last week. Uh, we're missing Kyle Sirik, but for good measure, he graduated this week. Graduated from college from the University of Pitt. So Kyle's officially in the real world, as Jake told him earlier this week. Um, it does all go all go downhill from here. Not much downhill. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst thing that has ever happened, and the best thing. Yeah. But also, when you look back on it, maybe think, what "Oh wow." In 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 the one Drake interlude, what does it go? It's gonna get a lot worse before it get any better. That's that's what, that's, great. that's where we where we are right now. We all graduated a long time ago, so that stress is far from behind us far behind us but the episode right after the nfl draft the draft was last week in the last weekend um so that's all anybody's talking about so that's all we're going to talk about because that's really all that matters right now in sports that leads me to the fact straight at you before the 2021 draft the eagles hadn't selected a player from alabama since 2002 this draft they drafted two they, they used two draft picks on former Alabama players, the first round pick obviously being Devontae Smith. So we can get right in to the Eagles so y'all can get this off your chest. So 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 y'all can get this out because the theme of today's episode was who are we giving A pluses in the draft? And of course, without without hesitation, right? Jake put the Eagles to, to give it A plus. Like I'm gonna let him go ahead, try to convince me why how you give Howie Roseman an A plus really for one pick. Cause it's really what you're doing is you're giving him an A plus for one pick. I mean, it's very simple, right? Like it's the level of expectation. So the bar mm -mm. for Howie is so low <laughs> in terms of drafting talent. That's facts that though. when <laughs> that's very like fact. he literally, like literally when does he go with consensus? Mm -hmm. Like, so finally they trade up and I love it also because they knew that the Giants were taking, it was all over the media, the Giants, Gettleman, they like Devontae Smith. They move up and take Devontae Smith ahead of the Giants. That's just uh, an epic double own after intentionally throwing a game to get the sixth pick, which kind of set off this chain event here. So overall, I really like the Devontae Smith pick. And then as we'll, as we'll talk about the, the subsequent two picks, are high, high upside. So I think there's a good chance that one of those guys might bust out. Of course, Matt, Matt, Stat Matt came in here with the four for four shirt on. So he's absolutely ready to probably <laughs> looked at the script, then went and changed because now everyone's back on the Howie hype train, right? So Stat Matt, you're back on the Howie hype train. A plus for the draft. It's not about the players he drafted. It's not about uh, Devontae Smith, A plus pick. Landon Dickerson, I got a little shaky. Shaky, shaky. Both ACLs, two ankle surgeries. Yes, shaky. But, but this is this is what it comes down to. Eagles are in a rebuild. Okay. They're not winning anything next year. They need a lot of things. They need a lot of young talent to come in. They've been a talent-deprived team for years now, and they got they had the sixth pick overall. They gained another first-round pick, and they still got the guy they wanted. Mm -hmm with Devontae Smith. Like, they could have three first round picks next year if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps for the Colts. And, 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 which and, is an if. It's an if, it's, but it's possible. But that leads me to, a, okay, that leads me to a question because I'm wondering. There's a lot of rebuilding tools. There's a lot of rebuilding tools, but but did this draft give Howie the, the ability or the credibility to handle those three first round picks next year? 
Like, like, are you guys are or is faith that much restored in how we wear? You know that next year is the big draft. This this wasn't the big one. You got three of them things next year, and you're comfortable with all that Arsenal in in Howie's chamber. Jake, Jake, you just scratched your head. Like, I you got hot a little well, bit when I said yeah, that you did. He's like uh, he's a complete wild card. It could be a disaster. I went three great. first rounders. He's like J.R. Smith, but a GM. <laughs> no, that's really true. So, my thought process with it is that he, whether we like it or not, in my opinion, I, I don't know if you can trust a guy like Howie Roseman. I think they'll likely, if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, um, they'll likely consolidate those picks and try and go move for a quarterback. So, in that regard, it kind of makes it straightforward you know it gives him okay this is the right thing to do where you get into trouble is where like let's say eagles have a decent season flirt with the playoffs Jalen hurts looks great now we go to howie trying to be the smartest guy in the room again get best player available get edges where where other people may not see them and that's where he has historically gotten into trouble so uh, I think it'll ultimately depend on on how the eagles season turns out okay okay well we, we can stick to this draft um, because, I, I, I want to say right. this is this is this is this could look back and look like a huge missed opportunity because I'm not a big Jalen Hurts believer. Next Neither year's quarterback, ne- next year's quarterback draft is rough, uh-huh. and I think Fields is going to be great. And they had a chance to take Fields and they didn't, and that could come back to bite Howie in the ass in the coming years. Mr. Quarterback Factory. Mr. Quarterback Factory. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be solid. I don't think he's, you know, something to build upon and, and bring your franchise out of a rebuild. Like, I, I don't I don't think he's that quarterback. We can get back to the rest of it because if you're giving someone an A-plus, you're giving him that for more than the first round. And we talked about Landon Dickerson, that, that second-round pick a little shaky. Then you get to the, the third-round pick and the fourth-round pick, you address the the defensive line and then finally you got to the defensive backfield in like the fourth or fifth round which is um, was was my understanding one of the biggest holes on the team so like like explain to me how how the eagles still get an a plus for their draft going down the board going down the rest of it well i think first and foremost like you, you listen to a lot of people a lot of former offensive linemen i know love like ross tucker brian baldinger who uh work with my company they rave about landon dickerson's potential and what he can be and then also when you look at the Eagles' need along the offensive line, uh, they have, unfortunately, as an Eagles fan, donated a lot of their draft capital. Um, well, I say a lot, but it's really, you know, the first-round pick of Dillard that may or may not turn out. You're looking at Kelsey, who's getting older. You're looking at uh, Brandon Brooks, who's been injured in subsequent seasons. So, like, I just think it's time. it was time for them to take a swing, try and get a guy who can come in and replace Jason Kelsey at the center position. Um, or if not, if, if he's more of a natural guard, he can fill in this year if one of their guys gets injured. So overall, I, I like the pick, as Matt said. Most likely, the Eagles aren't competing for a Super Bowl or anything this year. So Most you take a guy who has high upside. If you know if you hit a home run, then next year or the year after when you do try and compete, you're loaded up and you're ahead of the eight ball. Right. Okay. All right. You can sell me on that one. You you can sell me on that one. I'll I'll get the fact that they gained an extra first round pick and still got the guy they wanted at six. I'm I'm in, I'm going back win. to the very first sentence you said. It's about the bar of expectation, and I think you know it's a. Uh, hey, he did so well above expectation. Let's just give him an A for effort. Give him an A for 
And I'm an Eagles fan, and I like the draft. And you, like, so. you like the picks, and you like the picks. All right, enough about the Eagles, because there's obviously other teams who had home runs in their draft A pluses. A lot that people were still high on. Jake, I think you were also still high on the Jets, right? Obviously, uh, getting Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick, but also Elijah Vera Tucker, the, the offensive guard with the 14th pick out of USC, to go and help him. And then Elijah Moore, one of the premier wide receivers in the draft out of Ole Miss. Like they had a really, they had a really solid draft. And good on the Jets. How about this draft being the, the draft of perennially bad drafters doing it right? Good for the Jets. <laughs> Yeah, they finally do. I mean, well, tried to do what they never tried to do for Sam Darnold, and that is build an offensive line. Uh, Becton, who they select, who they selected last year, great start. But as we saw last year, he was injured, and it just wasn't enough. The O line still needs help. I really, really like Vera Tucker because while he does have experience at guard, he also uh, is projected to bump out to the tackle position if needed. Um, so overall, I mean, offensive line is. I'd say behind quarterback, the most important po- position group behind quarterback, in mm. my opinion. So just solidifying that and giving the guy, Zach Wilson, who seems scared of his own shadow. I'm sure you guys saw the uh, yeah. photo of him kind of looking around on the red carpet. So like I giving that guy good protection. Um, and then Eli Moore, who they selected as well. I really like his prospects as a pro. Um, and they're just building a good offense. Joe Douglas, former Eagle. Uh, help build that Super Bowl team and uh, former Eagle front office. I see Matt. Matt, Matt, get ready. Matt was like, he never played. I'm where Sam Darnold is just crying why this couldn't have been the people that they surrounded him with. Mm. Like, it's really a shame that I don't think Darnold like would have been really good, but he was put in a situation where he could not succeed. Now, and, and here's everything around him was just collapsing. He had to deal with Adam Gase as his head coach. Yeah, and, and here's like, the sad truth about that. life. The sad truth about life is that there are some people who are meant to just take you to the next step. They're just meant to get you over the bad times and through the bad times. And Mark then, Brown. Yeah, it, it, Mark Jackson. Like there are there are some <laughs> there are people who are just made and, and I think Sam Dono fell into that. Like you were just made to see us over to the other side. And he did his job and now he's gonna try to do it in Carolina. But um about about the Jets overall, I mean the obviously the second worst team coming into this upcoming season. And how much does this move the needle? Because an A plus, you can't be back in the top ten. If you did an A plus, like to me that means you're projecting them to be now a you know six seven win team eight win team. I think their defense is solid enough for sure. The offense has to. I mean, the offense has to be legit. So right, I mean, like it's really going to depend. And you know, when you're grading drafts, are you grading the prospects and what you think of the prospects, or are you grading, you know, at the end of the year we look back who's going to have the best draft? I view it as end of the year. Uh, I think that overall the Jets on defense very very solid solid enough that if you get a quarterback who can win you a few games uh, is slightly above average which Wilson has the potential to be you have other weapons on uh, you know whether it's Jameson Crowder uh, Eli Moore I know Le'Veon Bell is a corpse of what he once was but you have pieces to where in a division that I mean I guess is probably locked up you now have an uh, you have an added 
wild card spot to get into. I think they maybe push for the playoffs. I mean, I don't think they get there, but I think they're in contention for a playoff spot. One, I don't think the AFC East is wide open. I, I, I mean, obviously the Bills had a great. No, I don't. I, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's locked up. My fault. I, I think it's. I don't think it's wide open. I don't think it's locked up. Grand. The Bills had a very good season, AFC Championship game, and all that. We we understand. Um, but we have a bunch of teams in that division are upgrading, and I think everyone in that division had a really good draft. Dolphins had a good draft. Uh, the Jets had a good draft. Like I think the the teams who needed to draft well in that division, Patriots as well too. You know, got their guys. So I think the AFC East is more open than than it's perceived to be. Uh, does that mean that the Jets contend for an AFC East title? No, but I, I'm kind of with you, Jake. Like I, I'm looking at the if we're grading, it means at the end of the season, what would they have done, or or what would the players they drafted have done for their team? Like how how much did the players they drafted upgraded their team? That's what that's how I'm giving out these grades. So if you're giving out an A plus, that means Zach Wilson came in, turned the Jets around a little bit. Elijah Moore came in, turned the Jets around a little bit. Is that that that's that's the consensus here? That's what we're saying. I think it. I think what you said about expectations is important for what you said about the Eagles. It's also about the Jets. The Jets were embarrassing last year, and they were clearly completely tanking. And they still got the number two pick, not number one. So they're a plot. Their goal is to build a team around the quarterback they chose, and they and they started the foundation. So they did exactly what they were trying to accomplish and got the people that they wanted to do that, like completely. So for what they were trying to do, they did it completely. So that's why I say it's an A plus. I do say Zach Wilson. He already made a little bit of a violation where he said, <laughs> "I guess it's okay to be a Nets fan." when 95% of Jets fans are Knicks fans. Major red flag. Guy comes into the city. He's like, "Hmm, who's the best? Oh, sure. I'll cheer for the Nets. Have a backbone. Well, here's here's what he didn't do. He didn't do his homework the right way. You just got to know where it splits. (laughs) You got to know there's two New Yorks, right? Two New York cities. So you got to know, like, which one matches up. Because so, the three matchup, whether it's, you know, Nets, Nets, Giants, Mets, or if it's it's the other way around, like, I don't know. So I feel like I feel like most... I feel like it's got to be Nets, Jets, Mets, right? Like, I feel like that, is that not, would that not make no, sense? The Nets thing... have, the Nets is like only because it's Brooklyn. It's weird. I feel like if you're a Jets fan, you're a Mets fan. I think that's the only real, like, big connection. Well, you remember the Nets were New Jersey, Jersey too. In... Yeah. Which is like obscure. The Nets were in Jersey with the, which is where the, it's, it's hard to That's where the Giants play. Right, right, right. So here's, I actually have a strong opinion. I, I have like three different Nick fan friends, all of them. And I would imagine it's a little bit of jealousy, but anytime the Nets get brought up, Oh no! No one, no one in New York cares about the Nets. The only people who care about the Nets are outside New York. The Nets have no fans. I get it. I get it. You're from New York. So like, I it's just like why? Like it's not enough for your team is having a great year and you can celebrate the Knicks being good. No, because they're not better than the Nets. What? They're not better than so no. He's so I would yeah I can now I understand his salty. I understand his salty. Doesn't matter how good the Knicks are. The Nets are the best team in their conference. All people are talking about it. KD and Kyrie. Granted, a lot of people are talking about the Knicks, too. KD wanted to go to New York, and he looked at the Knicks and like, I'm not touching that with it. I would, too. What a terrible pull. I wonder. So so they're so upset that Dolan reduced them to the point where the Nets were the better New York Mm -hmm. option, that it's like, it's like having, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, 
It's like if you had like a supermodel girlfriend that left you, that left you for your ugly cousin, mm-hmm. and you're wondering what went wrong. Ugly cousin too. Mm. Everybody talking about the ugly cousin this year. <laughs> ugly cousin talking to tell. Hey, and, and, and the quote I, Kyrie, not left two, you, two you max contracts. The super supermodel, and they picked the ugly cousin yeah. over you. So you got to be doing some deep internal reflection on what you did wrong. James Dolan. You got to get rid of James Dolan. Two max contracts. Anyway, we're talking about the NBA. We're supposed to be talking about the NFL draft. And someone got us on an NBA tangent. So I'm bringing us back to another team who had, who had a good draft. And one of you, I forget which one of you said the phrase, they know what they're doing. So this next team, I'm kind of wondering, what are you doing? Because you get a good grade and you're the Atlanta Falcons. You get a good grade. Obviously, just like the Eagles and just like the the Jaguars, their first round pick makes it very top heavy as to why they had a good draft. But you you have a very good draft. But a lot of people are wondering what are you doing? There was speculation of trading Julio Jones. You could have went and grabbed a quarterback to kind of replace Matt Ryan or see him on the way out. But you went and got Kyle Pitts instead. Generational type of talent fits this new mold of hybrid tight end wide receiver from Philly. Shout out so you know he's already destined for greatness. So the Atlanta Falcons, we're giving them an A plus too. Why? Why are the Falcons getting an A plus? I personally don't. I don't know if Matt, if it was you who or James who. I, Matt, I need you, man. Here. I need you. Me? Yeah, yeah. The only Matt on the show. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't think I put. I don't think I put. The, I thought you said man. No. I don't. Did I put the? Fa- uh, oh, I did put the Falcons. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> the great <laughs> reveal. Well, I, I need you to remember why you put the Falcons there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Go ahead. Wait. Because you have. You got to remember, I'm the I'm the resident Matt Ryan stand on the show. Oh, yeah, God, I forgot so, about that. So, so the Atlanta Falcons have the best quarterback that they've ever had. And so? He's get, <laughs> and, no, and he's getting old. And he's getting old. And Julio Jones, so how many shots do you have when you have, when it, you have a 35-year-old quarterback who's not getting any younger and you have a Hall of Fame wide receiver? You put the best offensive talent that's available and you just go, fuck it. We're gonna give. We're going all in on the Matt, last Matt Ryan's last three years. So just make them have a stupid good offense where their ch- choking ass defense doesn't have to even worry about allowing thirty points per game. It'll be okay. So they're going all in with Kyle Pitts. Going all in. It's their last shot to be relevant. And I like that they're swinging for it. It's kind of like when the Rockets made the CP3 trade. Like, they went all in, and I know it didn't work because they lost to the Warriors, but I respect the fact that they went all in and they went for it. And I think that's what the Falcons are doing here. here just with young talent instead of old talent. Here's what I'll agree with you with. <clears throat> Nothing about Matt Ryan. But here's what I'll agree with you with. That they are just they are making their offense so stupid good that they're choking defense in their choking ways. Like, their offense might make up for it. But I wouldn't give it an A+. Why it's a good draft, especially with getting Kyle Pitts. I'm really just focusing on the Kyle Pitts point or the Kyle Pitts pick. Why it's good is because if you continue to to pick the best available, you continue to get these great talents everywhere, you're going to eventually become one of those teams who's just a quarterback away from doing it. And when you get him, if it's in free agency or you draft him, you hit the ground running and you go. Like I think the Falcons are getting, at least on offense, the Falcons are getting there where like, if Matt Ryan has another bad year, 
it's like, damn, they're just a quarterback away. They need to go get that quarterback where, wherever he lies, wherever it is. Um, and I think getting Kyle Pitts tells you either that. Either Matt Ryan's got this window where he, we can win it with his offense or shit, we're just a quarterback away and it's not Matt Ryan. So good good draft, but does it move the needle? It's, it's up to Matt Ryan if it moves the needle, you know? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it as a a plus i like the pitch pick just because i think he's super talented he's super freak. Right, right, um, right. but the the snag you hit with trying to get a quarterback is i believe matt ryan is on a big contract for like the next three years at least so three. yeah so if you want to go get a rookie quarterback you're going to have to do something with all that salary and in the long run like that's really going to hurt your cap standing. Um, I mean, look at like the Eagles just to get rid of Carson Wentz. Um, you know, kind of what their cap looks like. But I agree with Matt's point. This is going to be one of the last two years where you legitimately have a shot. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't look good in the middle of the season. Uh, they'll trade Julio Jones, which has been rumored. Um which would which would mean that it's pretty much over. That would that would send strong signals of we're kind of going to strip down a little bit. We don't, you know, we don't know what Matt Ryan's going to be in the future. We're going to pick a quarterback. That's what I would look for. Right, right. And, and, and I also I, I just want to read the PFF description about Richie Grant, who is their second round pick, 40th overall. I love the way they described him. There's so much to like on Grant's tape that it's easy to see him overcoming his middling physical traits. He's not the best size guy. He's not the best speed guy. He's not the best wingspan guy. But tape don't but lie. He makes the plays. He's a smart player. It's why he went got recruited by UCF. It's also why UCF was really fucking good for three years. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who will be. A, he just seems like a guy who he won't make. He won't be the best safety in the league, but he'll be in the top ten every year. Right. right. And someone that's reliable. Right, not, not. So I like the Richie Grant pick as well. It's not just the Kyle. It's not Pitt. just the Kyle Pitt. I know it, it's it's easy to get so wrapped up in the in the big name. I mean, it's hard not to. And, and to give us credit, we as a podcast haven't talked about Kyle Pitts on the Falcons yet, so we do get our just due of of doing that. Um, go ahead. I I do want to point out. I don't remember what episode it was, but I don't know if there was a bet attached to it. But props to Kyle. He called that Pitts would be the first uh, pass, pass catcher, catcher to go, yeah. and that he would be ahead of Devonte Smith. So, I think I agreed with him. I don't really no, remember. No, no, no. I, I agreed with him. I agree with him. I was right. I was about yeah. to say you can't just let him get his shot. I was right. <laughs> he was right, but I was right too. He was right, but I was right too. Um, right. We just want to point that. But here's here's the last thing about the Falcons, and we'll move on. Um, but here, it also it makes sense to take Kyle Pitts. Because if you were going to take a quarterback, you might as well blow the whole thing up. Like, if, if you're going to take a quarterback, especially with the number four overall pick, you, you're the Falcons aren't in a situation to let him, or, or that would make sense for him to sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple of years just to take over then. Because not only is Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan's window closing, Julio Jones doesn't have, like, a crazy, crazy window. You know what I mean? Right. He's aging as well. So if you're going to take a quarterback, trade Julio Jones, blow the whole thing up, and start from start from scratch with that quarterback, let him build with Calvin Ridley and, and Hayden Hurst. But by taking Kyle Pitts, you're saying that they believe that Matt Ryan has at least 
what, two more years of productive quarterback play in him to go and make a run so we don't squander this number four overall pick and generational talent in Kyle Pitts. That's that's what I think the Falcons are saying, which is a bold statement. And and on that bold statement, we will move on because if we're giving people A's, got to give some people F's. So we'll go individually this time. Each person can pick one team that they would give an F for this year's draft. Whichever one wants to go first, Jake. Jake, you want to go first? Go ahead. Who are you giving out an F? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Well, maybe not pretty obvious, but in my opinion, the worst pick in the draft had to be the Jaguars taking Travis Etienne. No, that's not. No, I disagree. They have James Robinson, I who they got disagree. for free, mm-hmm. who had 1,400... Uh, Yards from scrimmage, or maybe was it? Yeah, fourteen hundred rushing yards. He had a great season. Either way, and, and, and more, he had a great, more, great season. And the more the merrier in the backfield, man. That is not true. And the more because the you're now in paying. The Who do you mean it's not you're, true? You're, we just want a Super Bowl like that. We just want a Super Bowl with three, three starting. Yeah, but you don't have guys on rookie scale contracts that you're that you have guys on one year deals or a guy on a late rookie scale deal like uh, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. So. You already have that position locked down. Look at what the Jets did. They had the 14th pick. They didn't pick a running back. They went and picked a lineman to protect their top quarterback. Like, overall, just in, like, the grand scheme of things, we talked about this all NFL encompassing. Like, one of the least valuable positions long-term is running back. Right or wrong, it is. And, you know, you take a guy, 18th, who... May not even end up being the best running back in this class. I don't know. It just Be doesn't sit well with me. It was right after Najee Harris. Oh, when did Najee go? When did Najee 22. go? That's the, I'll, I'll get to that. Najee went 22 to the Steelers. Okay. So, but I, I love the Travis Etienne. I like the Jaguars, it. But, I no, like no, it. but for the, just from Clemson fandom. Oh, well, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's it. Real quick, real quick, Matt, real quick, Matt, real quick. Jake, what's wrong with that? What's what's wrong with giving Trevor Lawrence some familiarity? What's wrong with that? Because you can, okay. Well, hey, who's your best friend from home? We'll come and fly him out, and you can be familiar what's with him when you're out. If your hang best out. friend is a good talent, what's wrong with that? Yeah, okay, okay. So yeah. The, Jaguar, that. The, ja- the Jaguars were the worst team in football last year. Right, true. The only thing, the only thing that they did not have a hole at was running back, <laughs> and they took one in the first round. They wasted a rookie, a first round rookie scale contract. One of the most valuable things you can have, you waste it on a running back. You only take it. a running back in the first round it. if you're a contender that's missing a piece. NFL is moving like towards the Steelers this, with Najee Harris. And if NFL is moving towards this running back that can do everything type of offense travis Etienne is a running back that can do everything type of player so i don't think they waste it i want like to get the player with a better going going there, to the yeah. jaguars is wildly here's, weird here, yeah and here's the other thing is that they had the 33rd pick they had the 33rd pick yeah, you could have gotten him at the yeah, third, you probably could have gotten him at the no now probably you could have gotten him at the 33rd pick no what yeah, i guess you can't say for certain no, no, what have what have what have what have what have like that, I can, if it's in the second round, I think it's just the first round he tag that 10 really picks and, and no one would have been surprised crawl. if he dropped ten picks from that. Yeah. Hey man, they did it, Matt. Who failed the draft? The New Orleans Saints, mm. uh, just uh, in every uh, metric. Uh, uh, uh. They lost. They lost their quarterback, Drew Brees. They see it. They have Jameis and Taysom Hill as their quarterback. Taysom Hill. In. Taysom Hill on a. I'm sorry, on a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar contract because I can't. And they. They don't. I cannot. They don't. Tra- saying that. 
They don't try to trade up to take Mac Jones at 14. I know they tried to, but the Jets didn't give up a lot. It was like a couple seconds, and a, and it was really... They didn't make the move to go up. And then their selections, Peyton Turner and Pete Warner. Turner is just like an athletic freak, but has no... Um, but has, like, he's just raw. He's just like a potential pick. And Werner, again, he has, like, the right measurables, but he has some really dumb boneheaded plays when you watch them in coverage the Saints just they they drafted like they're a team that won the Super Bowl last year and they're a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs you think it's that bad that they missed the playoffs well they lose Breeze as well right 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 I know they went undefeated with Taysom Hill but Mm. Mm. but I I mean I don't I don't I don't expect Taysom Hill to have that that much level of success again but I don't know if I don't know if they drafted so poorly Ian to Book, make the playoffs. And Ian Book is not a he's not gonna be anything. People were sweating. Yo, people like, are Ian high Book on Ian Book, gonna... man. People are high on Ian Book. They are. Like I, I like also him, think... I like him as a college quarterback. I don't like him as an NFL quarterback in any way. I mean, I know Cam Jordan just signed a massive deal, but like they're in cap hell. Do they look to move him? Do they look to cut him or I mean I don't really know how their salary the salary cap is really foreign to me. Like, it's just like you can kind of do whatever you want. So who knows? But maybe that could be rationale for them picking a D end. Overall, it's a pretty goofy draft. I would agree. Goofball draft. You know who else had a goofball draft? The Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion. Because the Najee Harris pick, the player, the name Najee Harris sounds good. What? What are you laughing at? How could you possibly defend the Jaguars pick and then say that the Steelers are wrong for picking Najee Harris? <laughs> no, no, the Steelers aren't How? wrong. The Steelers aren't How? wrong. No, 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 the Steelers aren't wrong for picking Najee Harris. They're not wrong. And I, and I, I was going to get to that. They're not wrong for picking them. And the Najee Harris pick sounds great because of the name Najee Harris. But in, in, in terms of NFL impact, I don't see him doing that much more than James Conner did when he was with the Steelers. Like in terms of how, how good of a running back that he is. So you you don't, you plug that hole, you fill that need, you upgrade at the running back position. And you didn't upgrade anywhere else that you really needed. They waited until the third round to get their offensive tackle to, to try and protect a literally you know, brittle-boned Big Ben at this point when their offensive line is in shambles. They lose their Pro Bowl center, and, and they don't address it until the third round. So I wasn't I wasn't about to defend their Najee Harris pick. Like to, to me, like it, it makes a lot of sense to do it. Running back was one, you know, a huge hole for them, but I don't like if you wanted to get a running back in the first round, like I don't know if there's a first round running back talent in this draft. So, you know, the, for, for me, the Steelers, their team didn't upgrade at all through this draft. And it was a team that needed to upgrade, like a team that still had some stuff there to compete, but needed to fill like their holes and get impact players at their positions. And they did not What I'll say is and this we can transition from this into kind of the next thing, but like. With Najee Harris going into Mike Tomlin's offense, you look back through, I guess, the last uh, like seven years, ever since Le'Veon, um, the running backs, whoever they plugged in, has been phenomenal. Um, you know, they had D'Angelo Williams after or during Le'Veon, kind of in- intermittently, who did really well. And then the first couple years of James Conner, he-, he was a good running back as well for them. So... I think it's it's a position that is valuable to them because it's a big, especially with Big Ben, you want to put him in play action scenarios where he's not just dropping back a hundred times. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I won't argue against because I do think, like you said, they had offensive line problems and, you know, as good as Najee Harris might be, he's a running back in the first round. Yeah, so how good could he really be? Can't, can't fault him. Mel Kuyper actually like, and he, sw- he swears by no running back in the first round actually defended this one. And by the way, defended the Travis Etienne pick. So if Mel likes it, I'm sure he did. Mel likes it, I like it. But I don't like the Steelers draft. Matt, got anything to say about the Steelers or your, your cross-state rival? I'm I'm fine with the Najee Harris pick. They're, again, they're a good team. That's that's uh, a it's a hole. It's like not a hole, but it's just a skill player to give that offense. I, I when the Steelers draft offensive players, I usually just defer to them because mm-hmm. they usually hit. It's kind of the way I am. I do want to say because just because we ran out of time quick with the best draft. Congratulations to the Bears for finally making a good move. Yeah, there you go. Right. There you go. Quality over quantity. I just want to congratulate that. Quality over quantity for the Bears. Only two picks in this draft, but both of them, especially Justin Fields' one, is high. Okay, speaking of that, that actually is a, good, a great pace to go into, um, you know, our next kind of segment, Matt, talking about quarterbacks, who's going to start on week one. We're going to call this segment This or That. QB edition. So a lot of teams pick quarterbacks, but already have a quarterback or what they think is a quarterback in place that leads some questions. And I need some answers because the 49ers really made this draft all about them trading up to number three, selecting Trey Lance when they have Jimmy G. Jake, I say to you, Trey Lance or Jimmy G, who starts week one? If I had to guess, I'd say Jimmy G Mm -hmm. is the week one starter. I don't know if they're going to have a true open competition um, where, like, the best guy plays. I think it was their plan to kind of slowly acclimate uh, Trey Lance, and then hopefully by midseason you have suitors, if not the Patriots. Well, I guess the Patriots drafted someone, so you can cross them off. But you'll have some suitors for Jimmy Garoppolo, especially if he's playing well. And you also have the option of if he's playing well, just roll with him, and you kind of have a Jordan Love scenario from last year. But... This one was picked top three. Mm-hmm. So I th- I would say I would lean, if I had to choose one, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to agree with that. Before you go, Matt, I'm going to agree with that too. Um, I think this was insurance more than anything, but really good insurance. This is a team that would have been better if they weren't absolutely obliterated with injuries last year. They get their two best players back, presumably, and George Kittle on the offensive end, Nick Bosa on the defensive end. So it's not a team with like crazy holes anywhere else a team that's like a man if they got a really good quarterback this team is really dangerous this team is really good um so i think shanahan said it. if you watch every kyle shanahan press conference he's tired of jimmy g getting hurt and then them having cj bethard go back there at quarterback like he was like we're adding a good quarterback to the roster but it's for jimmy g getting hurt now Jimmy G gets hurt midseason again. Trey Lance comes in and plays well. It's his job. Jimmy G is now the backup, always getting traded somewhere else. But I do think Jimmy Garoppolo, who's like, for all intents and purposes, a winner, right? Like, he doesn't have a, a terrible record at starting quarterback, has led his team to a Super Bowl. Like, he's, you know, he's, he's earned his starting spot on the 49ers. So he's going to start. He's going to get hurt. Then it'll be Trey Lance's time. Trey Lance is going to start week one. I love it. Ooh. I love it. I don't mind you saying that. I don't mind you saying it. I don't mind you saying it. So you're a you're a team that's a super, that wants to win the Super Bowl. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Last year they were destroyed by injuries. Everything went wrong. They'll be healthy this year. They want to win the Super Bowl. They were a team on that was on the verge of winning the Super Bowl, and they traded up to the third pick 
they think that's the player that's going to win them the Super Bowl. Yeah, Trey Lance played in the a pro style offense in North Dakota State. We saw how Wentz came out of North Dakota State. He started week one for the Eagles, and he started out better than most would have thought coming from an FCS school. That offense is still the same. Kyle Shanahan is a great quarterback coach, mm-hmm. and he'll be able to coach him up in time for week one. And I think Jimmy G will be traded before week one as well. Ooh. I think someone gets hurt in training camp. Maybe, maybe like the Saints want to get like Jimmy G if he's available. But I, I don't. But I think Jimmy G is gone, and Trey Lance starts week one. Fair enough. Fair enough, Matt. I'm, I'm more confident in Trey Lance starting week one than I'm about Jimmy G being traded, though. Okay. Okay. I'm coming right back to you because the Broncos made a, a move, didn't draft, but made it a move for Teddy Bridgewater in a trade. But they also have Drew Locke there. So this or that. Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater starts in Denver week one, stat Matt. Teddy Bridgewater, because Drew Locke is just very bad and Bridgewater is just mediocre. So it's just Bridgewater's a better player. Drew Locke, he's not going to be anything. He's had a lot of time to see if he'll beat anything. He's a bad quarterback. Bridgewater's just, he's a placeholder quarterback, and he'll be the placeholder quarterback for the thing. For yeah. The Broncos. Age, age, is the, age is the only thing that gives Teddy Bridgewater seniority for me in this situation. Because I, he didn't do anything last year with Carolina that warrants that he should be absolutely the starter over Drew Locke and and in Denver. They both were bad. Like Drew Locke was bad, but so was Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm a fan of both of them. I wanted both of them to succeed last year, but neither one did. Both of them dealing with injuries to their offense, but I mean still they both looked bad at one point. So I think it's gonna be an open competition. I think Teddy Bridgewater wins it and starts, but I do think it's an open competition down there. Yeah, I totally agree uh in terms of the open competition. The only thing that I think Drew Locke does have on his side is John Elway has already failed at this picking the quarterback thing. Brock Osweiler did not work. Mm-mm. Okay, well, let's try again. Let's go get Drew Locke. Oh, he does not Trevor want Simeon Drew Locke to fail. Don't forget about Simeon before that. I'm, gonna forget, I'm going to wipe my mind completely <laughs> clear of any references of Trevor Simeon. Okay. I'm going to do that expeditiously. <laughs> he picks Drew Locke. And now I would agree, Matt. Like I have Drew Locke in fantasy. He stinks. I watch the games. He stinks. Okay. But for John Elway's sake, there's a chance. And I don't know. It's like, it's, it's very difficult when you don't know the power structure of like, you know, John Elway might want that to happen, but can he tell the coach if they have an open competition? John Elway you're going to go with seated power in January, but we don't really know how much of that power he seated. So exactly. So like, I would assume it is an open competition. I, I would assume, and I think it's a coin flip uh, in that regard. But because it has that Elway factor, I'm going to say that uh, Locke will be the week one guy. Okay. Okay. John Elway going with the young buck over the elder statesman. Speaking of young buck or elder statesman, Bill got a decision to make. He went and got his unathletic QB in a, in a later round. Congratulations to the Patriots and congratulations to Mac Jones. But a former MVP is there in Cam Newton. Who was? You want to talk about stinks last year or stuck last year? Who was <laughs> Pootie last year? And that hurt me. That hurt me because I was a big Cam Newton praiser. A big, oh, they forgot about you, bro. They doubting you, bro. And at the end of the season, I was like, they should have, bro. Like, it was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. So, Jake, back to you. Mac or Cam? 
Belichick has a great track record and he knows he knows the formula here. You got to let him cook on the bench for a little bit. You got to let the unathletic big oaf white dude kind of get his bearings on the bench until your quarterback gets hurt. Then you send him in there. Athletic and then, quarterback gets hurt. Ew, it's eerily similar. It's eerily similar. I'm saying so the blueprints are no I, I do think cam will be the week one starter just because gonna hire like, mo lewis to just collapse mm. cam <laughs> um i do think mac jones is a developmental quarterback i i really have a hard time believing that he's a guy who comes into the league right away and dominates uh i could be wrong obviously there's always that chance but the the whole like He's going to go number three to the Niners. Always just perplexed me. It didn't sit right with me I, It never sat right with me. I don't see it in him. I will see. We will see because Bill Belichick is, is a great coach. So maybe we'll coach him up. But I would say Cam Newton. Stop that. So so the, the Patriots made a lot of offseason moves. I think Belichick got really mad that his team was below 500 while Brady won the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of people who watch a lot of tape that say Cam Newton wasn't that terrible last year. Mm. I can't say if they're right or not because I don't watch a lot of Patriots. No, no, they'd be wrong. They'd be wrong. He's bad. They're irrelevant last year. But they really did. They had no weapons at all. True, true. I, I think you throw Cam in just to see what... I, I think throwing Mac Jones in when you're trying to win is dumb because it's too much pressure on him you let him simmer behind cam and if cam stinks like he did last year at least statistically pressure pressure um, then 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 he wins then he gets the then you put mac jones in. pressure D- did he not step in as a senior quarterback who sat three years and, and go win a national championship and put up maybe the best numbers in in a single season in college football like, like, he stepped, that, that he, stepped, he stepped in he stepped into the spotlight then. Here's why Mac Jones is starting. It doesn't matter. Here's why Mac Jones is starting week one over Cam Newton. One, Cam Newton stunk last year. And when you and when you have 20 straight years of tremendous quarterback play, when a guy stinks for one year, he does not come back as the starter. That's just not what happens. You move on to something new. And if Jared Stidham ever showed an inkling of being better, he would be. He would have been the starter, but he looked just as bad. So before the reason why Brady sat because was Brady was picked in the sixth round. He obviously was a developmental quarterback. He wasn't coming out of Alabama with Nick Saban singing his high praises. And then when Brady, he was coming out of Michigan and won an Orange Bowl against Alabama. Did he win a national championship? No, he, did he, he win a chip? No, no, he didn't win a chip. The difference, the big difference, and. When, when Brady came and was ready on the scene, then they built the formula for this is how we win with this style of quarterback. Brady left, and he could take the formula in his mind other places, but what Belichick needed was another Brady prototype to, to plug back into the formula and get it back to what we're going to do. Now we simplify it, run our offense, and we succeed. I'm not, no, no, before, Jake, before, before you get in here and try to tell me that I'm comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I saw you ready to pounce. That's, I'm comparing the schemes, the concept fit. We can, just like we taught Tom how to do it, we can teach you how to do it. I may not expect you to do it at the greatest QB of all time level, but if I taught this 
199th overall pick how to do it. I know I can teach you how to do it. And what do you think Bill was saying to, to Nick Saban? The, exactly that. Like, can I teach him how to do it? And everyone talks about what? How studious Mac Jones is. How Mac Jones is. How great he can go quickly from progression to progression. How he may not be a mobile quarterback, but he moves well in the pocket. Everything they said about Tom Brady. Everything they said about Tom Brady coming out. So Tom I think, Brady have like 80,000 first round picks surrounding him. Look, look, look. I, I, think, I think that it's a plug and play for, for New England. And they had to change the offense for Cam Newton. Now they can run their offense with Matt Jones, get back to what they do well on offense instead of having to cater to Cam's strengths. You know what you get when you try and take Tom Brady and he mentally just isn't able to grasp like the concepts of, of offense in the NFL. You, do you want to know what you get? What do you, what do you get? Who do you get? His name is Mike Glennon. <laughs> that's a, that's who you just picked with the 15th pick. If it doesn't turn out, you just got Mike Glennon. Former Buccaneers starter. That's right. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Absolutely terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Look, I think it's, I think it's, did I say it was going to work? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I think that's the mentality. I think that's the real that's question fair. is, will Mac Jones have a nickname as iconic as the ginger giraffe? Probably not. Who they calling that? Brady? That's that, no. Oh. It's Glennon. Oh, Glennon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, who they calling that? I didn't know. Like, Glennon. I, I mean, Mac is like a... I thought it was. You could work with Mac. Mac is yes, a Mac is a nicknameable name. You definitely can. I think you meant like on the field. Yeah, you can work with you can work with Mac. I mean, maybe you could do it some. We're gonna we're gonna see. <laughs> That's funny. Look, I think definitely Mac Jones is the week one starter. So breaking news: the best Orioles moment in a long time. John Means just threw a no hitter. The first Orioles pitcher to throw a no hitter since Jim Palmer in 1969. And here's a little brutal thing. It would have been a perfect game, but he had a strikeout wild pitch that the guy uh, caught the first. I did that in MLB The Show last night. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. That hurts. That's a second no, but no that's hitter. Seriously... It's like a no-hitter in the MLB this season. Someone had like one like a couple weeks ago, right? It's either the second or third. So, I don't know. I literally have no clue if the statistics bear this out. But I feel like no-hitters are losing their luster. Like, how many no-hitters are we going to have here? Not many. Well, perfect games are way more rare. Way, that's that, right. That's why they don't lose their luster, because I feel like they're more rare now. No-hitters, I feel like, are like a dime a dozen. I remember a couple years ago, there was like eight in one year. There have been 307 no-hitters, an average about two a year. Okay, so we're already at two. Oh, we shatter, we're shattering records this year, boys. But like, I, I would bet if you looked back through like the last 10 years, it outpaces the average. Probably. Uh, no, no uh, I would say over the last two or three, they've gotten more scarce because of how the home runs have increased. More, more than right. You know, it is strikeout or bust, though. Like, there's not a ton of like poke it in the the, the last full season that the MLB had. There were four no hitters. That was 2019. There are actually two last year in the shortened season. There's um, still, there were games, three. Maybe <laughs> some meat on the bone there for my hypothesis. So eighty games, man. <laughs> only one, only one in twenty seventeen and one in twenty sixteen though. Mm. Overall, probably averages out. Probably. Matt, take us to the countdown, would you? Okay, guys, we're going into the countdown. Number five. 
The number of consecutive games the Sixers have won in a row. That's a five-game win streak. As they're doing that, the Nets are trying to figure themselves out. So the Sixers are a full game atop of the Eastern Conference right now. It started to look a little shaky because right before this four-game or five-game win streak was a four-game losing streak with no Ben Simmons. So got back on the right train or the right game track. and a half now. Game and a, game, full game and a half. Game, full game and a half now. That's right with the Bucks beating the Nets last night. But good on the Sixers. This is what I will say. With you mentioning that Bucks win, Matt. With the Bucks beating the Nets these back-to-back times, granted no James Harden, they've looked great. And I think they're proving that it's not a two-team race at this Eastern Conference anymore. This A lot depends on Giannis in the playoffs, but also a lot depends on Ben and Joel in the playoffs. Like, the only proven people in the playoffs are on the Nets. Yeah, but the thing is, if we get the one seed, we get to play, like, the Knicks in the second round. Look, look, We won't have to beat the Nets and the Bucks. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. One of them. But don't sleep on the Knicks now for Jay Randall will give you 40. Ben Simmons has never lost to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I got news. Breaking. Here's another breaking news. I watched the most recent Nets-Bucks game. The Nets, give them Harden. They're going to oh, have yeah, big-time problems. They're going to... No, no. Well, I'm saying... No, no, no. I'm saying they're going to have big-time problems defending people in the playoffs because they are not tough enough. There's just a... Like, you watch the way that Milwaukee got buckets against them. It was a joke. It was an absolute joke. And part of this fury is because I bet on the Nets plus two and they lost uh, the bet. So that's that's part of it. Dictated by betting. But... But is that well, an emotional it, hedge? Because if you lose the bet, it's good for the Sixers. Exactly, and I thought it was a good good value. But regardless, like Joel is going to get inside position and seal for thirty points a game, and probably have like 10, 15 free throws every single game if they match here's up. Why, so. Here's yeah, why. The thing here's is, why the, the games are going to be one hundred forty to one hundred thirty-eight. Yeah, here's why so. you say <laughs> give him Harden is laughable, and and for all those not watching and just listening, he did a little shrug with the with the bottom lip out. Give him Harden. And here's why here's why that's so laughable is because Katie and Kyrie in that second Nets Bucks game combined for 71 between the two of them. You can tack on another 25 to 30 from James Harden with 10 assists. And with the three of them, that's 100 points, bro. That's 100 points between three freaking players. So, so okay. give him James Harden is so wild. What's not happening in the playoffs? It's so wild. You who you playoffs in the ro- in the playoffs rotation shorten up the ball it, the ball is not divvied out to everybody in the playoffs. They're the usage exactly. rate, so they're not going up against scrub man number three the, on the Bucks bench. The usage like. rate the usage rate is going to be 33.3. Joe Harris is not touching the ball in the playoffs. I can I can guarantee <laughs> you that. Okay, and Blake only getting points when he rebound the ball. So. Good, like, like, no, y'all, I'm gonna do it one more time. Give him James Harden. <laughs> Give me <laughs> You're gonna play that back when Harden has like five yeah, triple doubles wait. in the playoffs. I can't wait. Number four. Uh, the number of runs Clayton Kershaw gave up in one innings pitched start on Tuesday, the shortest start of his career. Mm. He is, uh, I don't know, Clayton may be out of like the all time dominant, dominant zone that he was in for the past couple years. I mean, I've been starting before this. Dominant he's, he was in the no one's ever been this good, and then he's been just like top three pitcher in the game, and now he's just good pitcher. 
I like mean, very good pitcher. Uh, he had a couple. His first couple of starts this year got off to you know were, were really good. He's looked rocky in his last couple, but the, he got off to maybe a great an start, and he got over the playoff hurdle. He got over the the, the playoff hump and you know winning the World Series last year. So good for him. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't like this little this little tough stretch that he's it's in. The fact that this is the first time he had a start this short shows how that's great what i'm saying is. four innings never four innings ain't that crazy people people been pulled before four it's, it's one inning it's one one inning mm. oh four runs in the first oh yeah that's tough four runs. Yeah. That's right. number three the number of mlb teams named after socks the reds <laughs> the red Sox, the white Sox, and the reds Matt, is, this, is this you just trying to fill number three you here? needed a number three it's nuts that there's three teams named after socks. We're well, really. Uncreative. I was today. So I was how, today years. Today years old. Today years old when I realized the Reds were were also named after socks. The Reds are the red legging. The red leggings. No, they're oh. not. That's why they don't they win shit. Were. They wonder why they don't win shit. That's why y'all don't win shit. Y'all don't deserve the red leggings. Get out of here. I think it's hard to find this. out about that. How about this? There's a team named the White Sox that wears black socks. Mm, that is that's that's Good definitely boy. true. I think it's hilarious that baseball teams, like their their official name is like their abbreviated name. Like they have they have longer names that now they go by officially like their abbreviated name. Like Mets Mets. Well, the Knicks are the Knickerbockers. The, yeah, the Knicks do it for the ML, for the NBA. That's true. Number two. The number of runs given up by Jacob deGrom, as well as the number of losses Jacob deGrom has. Uh, deGrom was the Lost runaway. Him. Right. He was the runaway. Cy Young actually just got injured. So waiting on that, you know, diagnosis to see how many games he'll miss, if he'll miss any. But that is just so brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, you go and give up two runs in five games, and you have two losses. And it's not two and two. It's not supposed to be that way anymore. This is traditional Mets with Jacob Degrom, where he has a .92 ERA, but only wins nine, ten games in a season. Um, and then they're supposed to be, you know, supposed to get a lot better this year. Supposed to add to their offense. That's not supposed to happen anymore. And here it goes, happening again. One of the biggest wastes of a career in sports history. But like Jacob Degrom is is Degrom. scary, scary good. Scary, scary good. Number one. Number of players in NBA history to record multiple 20 rebound and 20 assist games. That's Russ. He did it twice. First time he did it was the 2020 game when Nipsey Hussle or Nipsey Russell, Nipsey Hussle died. Wow. And then Wilt Chamberlain is the other person to do it. A lot of talk this week, and I don't know really where it came from. A lot of talk in the in the the sports culture and the Twitter sphere talking about giving Russ his flowers. We're not going to see another point guard like Russ ever again. Give him his just due. And I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that because Chris Paul fell under, you know, that category for a long time of underappreciated, undervalued, not getting his flowers. So I'm, He's I'm glad the most unique point guard. I've unique ever player. Seen. Unique player. Yeah, forget, unique player. Yeah, forget point guard. Jokic is pretty unique. Jokic, Will, yeah, they're all they're all they're all very unique players. But what what Russ puts up numbers like he should be six nine, six ten, like LeBron stature, and, and hasn't ever stopped for ten years now in the league. He's what you get. He like is like the same drive that like Allen Iverson had, and I think even more to a degree in terms of like he loves pray. He loves like you could hear find 
tons of Russell Westbrook like practice in the gym late night working like tremendous work ethic but game and then the same and then has right has it in the game and has the physicality to pretty much overmatch anyone who's ever going to be guarding him just about so yeah he's a, he's a great great player and I wouldn't want him on my championship team. He can't be my point guard on the championship team. I am so with you. Like, give him his props. Give him his flowers. Put him in the Hall of Fame if you want to. Tell me where you where you. No, he's absolutely. You know, tell, tell me, tell me where you want to rank him in terms of all-time great point guard. That's fine. And MPG till I go out, and that's no disrespect. No disrespect, Brody. But but at MPG until I rock out. And we got a number zero. Matt, do you want to read that one off? Okay, I'll read it off. The number of first-round wide receiver, running backs, or tight ends Mm. the Packers have taken since Aaron Rodgers became the starting Mm. QB. People thought getting rid of Mike McCarthy would make Aaron Rodgers happy. It clearly wasn't a Mike McCarthy problem. Mm. It was... organizational up and down argument how you not 26 and three the last two years made two nfc title games and he's still pissed how much are they doing under the radar that is like so offensive like it's not aaron didn't just get here aaron did not just get here you've never drafted a pass never what that is ridiculous that is ridiculous aaron's been here for 11 12 years now 36 come on man so the Packers, the Packers have had top fifteen all time quarterback play since nineteen ninety three. So that's that's twenty eight years mm-hmm. of and they've won as many Super Bowls as the Giants did with Eli Manning. Ain't that a damn shame. Yeah, and the Giants did it in what? A span of three years? Yeah. They had two, is that correct? Yeah. Two and five. Two and it was five. All, yeah, two, two and, and five. five. Seven, ten, twelve. Yeah, that's an absolute freaky damn shame. Aaron needs to get up out of there. Aaron do needs to get up out of there. So I'm glad. Yeah, will I'm glad he's flexing his. Maybe Denver. Actually, Denver's week one starting quarterback might be Aaron Rodgers. No, right, honestly, it would have been a good Denver. one, Dad. Uh, I am ashamed to say that I did bet ten dollars on Denver to win the title when Mark Schlereth said it's a done deal or it's a, as close to a done deal as a done deal can be. Mark lying uh, out his ass. About, Online, just lying out like, What am I gonna do? Like, uh, 20 to 1. If they get Rodgers, they'll go down to like 8 to 1. So, regardless, uh, we'll we should talk about that next episode. And just, I guess, the whole quarterback landscape, you know, we'll get into that. as a whole around the league. Uh, maybe next episode that's something we'll look at. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I have to check because next episode or episode after that, NBA playoffs start. So, you know, we got to get into that. Uh, that's a good point. Good point. Good point, good point. That. But, well, we got all summer to talk about the QB situation. We'll absolutely get back into it but we're almost out of time for this episode can get some shots up at the buzzer who got something to say at the buzzer anyway, who want to get shot i'm going to do my soccer update there you go just quickly we need it so the champions league final is set between chelsea and man city mm-hmm. um, it's going to be cool to watch an american play real bennett's in a champions league final for the first time ever mm-hmm. um the big, biggest european game that uh, american players played in before this was a europa league final clint dempsey um, Pulisic definitely will. If he's not starting, he'll get subbed. And I want to give a big shout out to the Philadelphia Union for advancing to the semifinals of the Champions League. Beating Atlanta 4-1 over two legs. Hey and I watched I watched the first leg, and Andre Blake was fucking incredible in that mm. first half. They were he was bored that day. Wildly outplayed. 
wildly outplayed in the first half, and then the Union scored three goals in the second half. And the Union had never won a trophy in their entire history. Then they win the Supporters' Shield, which qualifies them for the CONCACAF Champions League. Now they're in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League, which no MLS team has won since 2000. And then They could break that streak. And they win this, they go to the, the Club and World Cup. They go to the Club World Cup. Hey, they'll, no. play, they'll play... Real, they'll, they'll play Chelsea. Oh, and they'll lose five nil. It'll be great. Look, would it be Matt? Do you look, Matt? Do you remember you went to Westchester? Do you remember when for two years Westchester women's teams was UConn's cupcake team? To, in the beginning, <laughs> do you remember those games? It's kind of like that. If we go out and play Rio, it's kind of like that. Jake, would you have to say the buzzer? Uh, I don't know if I have. I told you guys about uh, incre- or Invincible. The movie the series I've been watching. Oh no no no! But no, I but I heard but I heard about it. I've heard about this series. I heard. Let me tell you, not If you like superheroes, really, you need to watch this. If I you like, like any of the following, if you like any of the Marvel Johns, if you like really like they like that, especially like super, yeah, Superman. Um, if you like, if you like Game of Thrones, it's very like it does not pull punches. Like someone gets into an altercation. You better have enjoyed watching that character because mm. there's a coin flip on whether they're gonna you're gonna watch their shit get smashed. Mm. Like so overall, and then it has an all-star cast too, um, of like voice actors. So on Amazon Prime, I would one hundred it's only eight, uh, eight episodes, one hundred percent recommend to anyone who I likes, need some like, more series, man. I'm tired of watching it the same thing over and over again. Right now in the in the thick of it is snowfall. So let me let me. I've heard good things. Let me get out the way. Watch I? the, watch what the the end of the first episode will have you. Hooked. If you watch it through to the end of the first episode, have you hooked? That it, it should have you hooked. All right, say less, say less. All right, all I got to say at the buzzer here is you can probably see my board behind you for those watching, for those listening. It says Bryce Harper Appreciation Board because those us Phillies fans, I don't think are talking about Bryce Harper or giving him the props that we really should. Not only is he off to a great start of this season, putting in what what should be in an MVP conversation to start the season for the NL, but just what he's doing just as the person and the player Bryce Harper is. So over the past weekend, Bryce Harper took a 99-mile-an-hour fastball to the face. To the face, y'all. And did not miss time, came back and played the next game. And what do you do? Homer in back-to-back games after that. Like, that's, that's a Philly athlete. That's a Philadelphia athlete right there. And, you know, Bryce Harper has gotten, a, you know, some criticism, maybe rightly so, for, for Phillies fans, for maybe not being the MVP Bryce Harper we thought we were going to get with 13 years and you know, $330 million. But to start this season, Bryce Harper has been, to me, that guy. And I think he just deserves a little bit more praise than really anybody is giving him right now. Because he's really, like, taking ownership of, I'm the best player on a, on a Philadelphia sports team. But he has that mindset. We haven't had that on the Phillies for a long time. He's a Philly, like he, like you said, he's a Philly athlete. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the stuff that endears you to fans. You know, you take a fastball off the face, you're good. Right. Like you're good. You're still standing there, and you're getting back to work. And uh, on Instagram that night, talking about the the face is fine. The face is fine. Like right, you know I mean? yeah, like that. Like that stuff that Philly fans love. And I think that this year they're gonna have a chance to kind of. Brought in their their fan base. The fair the Fairweather fans will start flocking back. You know because I've been to two games this year. 
so you know it, it's about it's it's hitting season again for the Phillies. I think that they have a good chance of making the playoffs. Absolutely, love it, love it. That's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Again, shouts out to our guy Kyle Sirik, who's enjoying the graduation festivities. Enjoy it, man, because life really starts to suck after this week. But uh, for my guys, Stabat Robinson and Jake Galley, I'm James Jackson. Thank you for listening. These have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>